my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day everybody, I'm here in the studio with my good friend Eric and we are here in our studio coming to you live from South Australia. Our theme that we're going to be kicking off for today and for the rest of this week with our presenters is the church in a very human world and we're talking about money and so tonight eric and i we are going to be unpacking that but uh the rest of our team are going to be looking at that theme the church in a very human world and money and i know that uh, we all deal with money each and every day and uh, we want to take a bit of a look at the idea of money as it pertains uh, to scripture. And so we're going to be looking today. Um, actually, Eric and I have been looking at the question, what does the Bible teach about money? So we're basically just going to give somewhat of a general introduction. And then the rest of our team are going to be tackling, um, different questions as it pertains to money. So, um, Eric, uh, it's great to have you in the studio. How's your weekend been? Yeah. Thanks, Pastor. Well, it's great to be back and hello to the listeners. Yeah. Had a great weekend. I've just come back from holiday, actually. I've, uh, wow. Yeah. I've been in the tropics a bit. I've uh, been over to, uh, uh, Townsville. And oh, okay. I loved it there for 10 days. So and, uh, I take it it was a lot warmer up there. Uh, only 26 every day. That was oh, all. Oh, um, man. <laughs> Sounds got perfect. A, got a motor home and uh, traveled uh, south this time. We usually go north. And, uh, yeah, we traveled as far as Bowen and uh, had a wonderful time. It was nice and relaxing and uh, had the joys of wearing shorts all day and <laughs> <laughs> thoroughly loving it. And now it, you're uh, back to... Pretty cold South Australia. <laughs> yes, I'm all wrapped up for a yeah. few days getting used to it. But, you know, the summer's coming. I think it's going to be 20 degrees one day this week. So yeah. we're going to warm up. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Um, so, Eric, we're going to be um, looking at this uh, particular question tonight, you and I. We're going to be looking at what does the Bible teach about money. And um, so I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Hey, for you, our listeners out there, why don't you text us here in the studio? Because each and every day, for those who may not know, we give a we have a free book offer that goes out each and every live program. And uh, also from our team, we'd love to hear where you are actually listening from. So if you don't mind, if you you're able to grab your your phone and just um, text us. Here in the studio, we'd love to hear where you're from and uh, where you're tuning in from. We have listeners from all over the country, not just in Adelaide, but across the country. And so, hey, if you're listening, why don't you do us a favor? Please text us in the studio. We'd love to hear from you, where you're tuning in from. And hey, if you've got a question or comment um, as Eric and I are presenting in our live show, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, our number here in the studio is 04-888-80811. And look... If you're a regular, I would really encourage you to, to store that number in your phone because um, it comes in quite handy as we have our book offers and such. So, hey, why don't you text us? We'd love to hear where you're tuning in from, 04888-80811, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so before we get into our conversation today, Eric, we always like to do a, a World Watch segment just um, just to share a couple of minutes about something that's going on around the world. Um, the article I wanted to share um it's a short article, Eric. It's um, it's off um, uh, ABC News um, on on the website, and uh, it's about the Taliban. And um, the art, the title of the article is "Taliban officials burn dozens of instruments in the bonf- in bonfire." That's the title. And you know the reason why I wanted to share this, um, Eric, because you know it's not a super long article, but you know it just tells us something about 
how people are thinking in the world. And, you know, very obviously this is an Islamic uh, extremist um, faith group, um, the Taliban. And um, I was just thinking of uh, our approach to this uh, particular topic in terms of Christians and how we would probably go about it. So, hey, Eric, I'd love to just read the article. There's only a couple of paragraphs. And uh, for you, our listeners out there, I'd love to hear your comments too. What do you think about the article that we're about to um, share with you tonight? And uh, here we go. So, uh, title once again, Taliban officials burn dozens of instruments in bonfire. And the article begins by saying, Taliban authorities have destroyed dozens of musical instruments just days after closing beauty salons across Afghanistan. The nation's vice ministry department said it deemed music immoral, destroying hundreds of dollars worth of musical gear in a bonfire on Saturday. Um, images shared showed a guitar, two other stringed instruments, a harmonium and a tabla, as well as amplifiers and speakers being burnt. And it says here, quote, promoting music causes moral corruption and playing it will cause the youth to go astray. End of quote. That's Aziz uh, Al-Rahman Al-Mahujir, I think, the head of the Herat Ministry for the Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. Man, that's a tongue full of a office there. Goes on to say, most of the items were collected from wedding halls in the Herat province. Taliban authorities have steadily imposed laws and regulations reflecting an austere vision of Islam including banning playing music in public since they seized power in August of 2021. Thousands of beauty salons were shut across the country after Taliban authorities deemed certain makeovers to be too costly or un-Islamic. Last week, women have borne the brunt of the new government regulations and not allowed in public unless wearing a hijab. Teenage girls and women have been barred from schools and universities and they are also prohibited from entering parks Playgrounds and gyms. That's the end of the article. So, what do you think, Eric? You know, here's this Taliban regime. You know, basically, and I've got an image here right in front of me. Basically, uh, a bonfire, just all this equipment. You know, musical instruments, data, text, stuff like that. And they basically just burnt it. And quote, going back to this fella Aziz from the head of the Herat Ministry for Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice said. He says, and I'll just repeat it one more time, promoting music causes moral corruption and playing it will cause the youth to go astray. What do you think about that, Eric? Do, do you agree with that? And I know it seems like a very um, extreme position, but you know, I thought I'd probably just open it up because you know, as Christians we have these conversations as well around music, but what do you think about what this guy is saying? It's, it causes moral corruption and playing it will cause the youth to go astray. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I do agree it is an extreme view, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, music brings joy to the heart, singing. I mean, even in heaven, the angels sing and have hearts and yeah. things, you know. So um, I think that you can't have mind control on people. Yeah. And, you know, and there's various degrees. I mean, uh, some of the th- music I hear today, I don't agree with, but it's it's uh, we have a free choice on that. And um, the music I used I listen to now, I never ever thought I would listen to. It's now sort of fuddy duddy stuff for the old folks. Um, but you know, it it brings joy to our hearts. And uh, even though 
I'm not very good at singing. Uh, when I'm singing hymns, it's beautiful. So uh, you can't control what somebody else is uh, wanting to do. And this yeah. is what, of course, the Taliban are doing. You, you talked about beauty shops and then now on to onto yeah. music. What's next? That's you right. Know? Um, so where does it stop? Yeah. Uh, and so, therefore, no, I uh, I think that it's uh, the people will be struggling. They're burdened down, aren't they, with these laws and yeah. – just as in Jesus' day, there were a lot of laws that burdened people down, and Jesus came to set people free. So uh, I think in your own home you can regulate a lot of yeah. that stuff with the children or try to, uh, and then it's their free choice when they leave home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking as well, um, when you think about music, you know, obviously there's a couple of biblical references that come to my mind um, as you're, you're just sharing with me, Eric. And the one that kind of came to my mind is um, the story when um, David was playing the stringed harp when mm. Saul was kind of, you know, going through a bit of a bad patch. And it seemed like when he would play that music on the harp that Saul, you know, kind of, you know, he kind of got in a better headspace. Mm. And so, yeah, music is, um, it does, it does um, evoke in us a certain emotion. You know, it makes us feel happy. It can make us feel sad depending on the music that's played, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, you know, I couldn't help but think, Eric, when I was reading this article that, again, coming back to where we live in this beautiful country that we call Australia, it's we um, are blessed to not have religion, I guess, being dictated to us. Mm. And, you know, certainly in this environment in the Middle East, you know, um, in Afghanistan, you know, these people have, you know, what if there was a young person, you know, he had a, a guitar or he had, you know, uh, an equipment, a, mu- a musical equipment that was given to him maybe from family member or he'd saved up money for it and then he comes comes along this regime and just basically took it, take it and, you know, burn it. So, you know, it just shows that we, we have some, we don't really truly understand how, how lucky we are to live in this country. That's right. And, you know, even the article didn't really diverge into it, but it talked about, you know, beauty salons were shut down and, you know, women, you know, they're, they're barred from schools and universities. I mean, that's that sounds like another world, mm. you know, whereas, yeah, but that's reality for some folks in some parts of the world. And so I guess we just, I just wanted to share that article with our listeners too, Eric, just to, you know, just to highlight there are parts of the world that, you know, they, they have a different worldview, like mm. particularly this article, it's Taliban, so obviously it's an Islamic worldview and it's a particular faith worldview and as Christians we have our worldview and um, just shows to me, I guess, reminds me of the freedom that we have in, in this country and look, both of you and I are pastors, Eric, you know, obviously in churches, there's different churches have their different expressions of music and different Christian, different members within that congregation have different expressions. So, it can can kind of be a, a divisive things in some some ways, but it shouldn't be. No, because you know it's a family of God, isn't it? Yeah, and it's um, in a family you've got uh, different age groups uh, uh, ranging. I've got um, nine grandchildren now, wow. and, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> right through to the, the four children, and and you know, different age groups have different uh, musical tastes, yeah. and sometimes music can be an expression. Uh, of that person, you know, and yep. as you say, it can br- it can be a, an artistic channel for somebody to to out to let their feelings be yep. known. Uh, and a, a lot of songs are actually written about their own life. So um, yep. this this freedom that Jesus came to give us is is the freedom that I think that individually 
we can express the the way we are going and and often that reflects um uh you know following christ but when it comes to hardened fastened rules and regulations and outlawing a lot of this stuff um I, as you say i'm really pleased really yeah. thankful that we are here in australia and uh we're not going through that um but we are we are seeing with um covid and different things we do see a regulations coming in right. that we can see how things can change so yep. quickly absolutely uh, and so therefore yeah but th- that is frightening for those people that are, are living in that er- those yep. areas yeah so what do you guys think for our listeners out there um you know this particular article saying that music is according to this taliban uh spokesperson it is promotes music promoting music causes moral corruption what do you think of the matter? Why don't you text us in here in the studio? But before you grab that phone and text, we, I'm just going to promote our book offer before we head to our break. And our, our book offer, seeing as we're talking about money for tonight and the rest of this week, our book offer is in line with our theme. The book that we would like to offer you, our listener, is called The Giving Equation, Working Out Your Relationship with God and Money by author Ken Long. The Giving Equation provides a fresh way of thinking about stewardship, explaining two different mindsets towards our personal finances, The, as Ken would say, the G economy and the me economy. And so some of the context, just to whet your appetite, let's get right the right equation. Another chapter is titled, God Doesn't Need My Money, and it's got a chapter there, giving in the me economy, and then another chapter, giving in the G economy, and there's a couple of others there. So, hey, if you'd like a free copy of The Giving Equation by author Ken Long, and it's free, text us the code SA129, that's SA129, to our number in the studio, 04888 80811 and uh, we'll get your, your info and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So uh, we'll promote our book offer just uh, in the latter half of the show. And so one more time, The Giving Equation by Ken Long. If you'd like a free book, please text SA129. That's the code to 04888 Please don't go away. We're going to go to some music and we'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A.
That was Anna Weatherup with the old rugged cross. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A. It's Eric and Will here in the studio, coming to you live from South Australia. And uh, if you just tuned in, our theme that we're going to kick off this week is the church in a very human world. Money. We're going to be talking about money tonight and for the rest of our week with our Drive Time team. But tonight, Eric, you and I, we're going to be looking at the specific question, what does the Bible teach about money? So, um, over to you. Yeah, well, uh, Pastor Will, it's interesting because when we, when you we brought up the subject about money, I couldn't think of, the, I couldn't help but thinking of the song, Money, Money, Money. Yeah, was, Isn't it a rich yeah. man's world? No. <laughs> uh, that's what I was, uh, used to listen to. But it's interesting. When we think of rich people, you and I will. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people think of millionaires and billionaires. But we actually need to reset our, our idea of wealth. Because I think the Bible is talking to all of us about uh, right. money tonight. You know, worldwide statistics show that, in fact, we are probably one of the most wealthiest people in the world, you and I and the listeners. According to a paper from the World Bank, if you make more than $50,000 annually, you're in the global 1% that's uh, wow. in, the, in the list. Yeah, over th- Well, it tells us, too, that uh, more than 80% of the population, world population, lives on less than $10 US wow. a day. And half of them are only on $2.50. They live on $2.50 yeah, US crazy. a day. Uh, and if you put that into perspective, the average American spends about $7 US a day on entertainment alone and twice that on transportation. So you can see there's a huge divide. Uh, but most of people today live in that poverty and below that. So you and I are wealthy today. Yeah. Listeners are wealthy. Yeah, absolutely. So when it Bible talks about rich people, we are rich. I mean, we got our bills. Yeah. <laughs> we all get our bills. But boy, I tell you, compared to the rest of the world, no. Yeah. And, and we might consider ourselves to be middle class or maybe a little bit lower. But if you know how to read and write, if your home has electricity, if you have a phone, a computer, a car, chances are that you're in the top tier of their world's most wealthiest people. That's where we are today. So understanding ourselves as wealthy changes our mindsets. Yep. We don't just think this is for the, the rich. So it's not just the, the you know, Elon Musk's and all these, no. you know, Richard Brant's and these big millionaires. Well, according to your statistics that you just read, it's, you know, the average Aussie, the average everyday Aussie, Aussie home, mm. whether they like to see themselves that way they're actually rich in compared to other we are very rich other compared. you know countries in the world definitely yep. we compare ourselves around the world yep. and so rather than seeing jesus teaching about wealth as a lesson for others we see it actually pointing to ourselves and god devotes many words of scriptures to help us develop a proper heart and posture towards it in fact the bible mentions money wealth and possessions over two thousand times and the bible talks about being rich and the dangers of it in the Bible, but who is he talking about? What's he talking about? Is money bad? Well, scriptures never actually say so. They never okay. say that money is bad. In fact, Proverbs twenty one twenty tells us that the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. So it can be um, an excellent servant sort of thing to, yep. to actually have some money. So <clears throat> when we think of our wealth, if we are rich... And if Jesus is warning of the dangers of riches, what can we take away from passages? Well, first, check your dependency. Are your thoughts focused on God or on money and possessions? You know, many people say money is the root of all evil. Have you heard that expression? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
The Apostle Paul in his first letter to his young disciple Timothy had this to say, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. 1 Timothy 6.10 This verse is often misquoted as saying, Notice how money is substituted for love of money. Because I've heard it said money is a root of evil, all evil, but it's not. Right. What the scripture actually says is, it says is the love of money. Okay. So that's the first. So first, first point you're, you're saying to our listeners, Bible says it's the love of money, not money in and of itself no. is a root and the root of all kinds of evil. That's right. right. And this most misquoted version, money is the root of all evil, makes money and wealth the source of all evil in the world. It's clearly false because the Bible makes it clear that sin is the root of all evil in the world. And uh, so there is nothing wrong with money in and of itself or the possession uh-huh. of money. However, when money begins to control us, that's when trouble starts. Before I was yeah. a Christian, Pastor Will, um, money was sort of the... One of the highest things on my mind, you know. Yeah. Uh, where the, where was I going to get the money for the next drink from or the next bet from, you know? Um, and it dominated my life. Oh wow. Um, and um, I think today with what's happening in the world with bills and things, we live in Australia where you know we've got a lot of these things. Uh, money can become sort of obsessive in our minds. Yeah. We kind of um, are not sure in which direction to go. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, Matthew 6.24. So it's saying here that money can actually take the place of God in our lives. Okay. And this verse comes at the end of a passage in which Jesus tells up to lay up treasures in heaven. Verse 19, here Jesus loves likens a love of money to idolatry. He refers to money as a master. We serve at the expense of serving God. We are commanded by God to have no other gods before the only true and living God. Exodus 23, the first commandment. Anything that takes first place in our lives other than our creator God, is an idol and makes yeah. us guilty of breaking that commandment. So the love of money and the, and the worry about it and the thinking of it can actually take us away from asking God for help because we are, we're trying to do it ourselves, yeah. you know, earn more money, work more hours, uh, and spend the things on that we're always spending it on. Spending it on. It's just interesting. And, and, and Matthew nineteen sixteen to 22, uh, Jesus had an encounter with, with this rich young ruler, as you know. And yep. most of the listeners will know what happened here when a, a young man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you ask me what is, what is good? Uh, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which one? He inquired. And Jesus replied, you shall not murder, commit adultery, not steal, not give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. And the young ruler said, uh, I have done all of these things. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away very sad because he had great, great yeah. wealth. So the young man asked Jesus what he must do to obtain eternal life. Jesus tells him to follow the commandments. And then when the man tells Jesus he had done that, Jesus tests his ability to obey the first commandment and tells him to sell all his possessions and give it to the poor and follow him. The young man couldn't do this 
because wealth had become an idol. It had become a huge part of his life. Yep. It was his master. So sometimes, Pastor Will, we have to give up things on our journey to be able to actually follow God completely. Yep. And I know that, you know, there was a lot that I was asked to give up as other people have been asked to give up. It it comes from within and changes our hearts. And the young man couldn't do it, and he went away sad. So after this encounter, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And this is very interesting, Pastor Will, because there's some commentaries, commentators have talked about this camel and needle business. Yeah. And it's some people say if Jesus was talking about an actual camel and an actual needle, then the rich are in big trouble. Commentaries suggest that he may have been saying something different. The Aramaic word for rope is chameleon, which is K-A-M-I-L-O-N. It's almost identical to the Greek word for camel, K-A-M-E-L-O-N. Oh, right. So there's only one letter difference, um, and it appears in this verse. Some scholars say that the word was misspelt, and so Jesus may have been making a, um, a, um, a common thing to threading a thick rope through the eye of a needle, not a large animal. In other words, he may not have been referring to something extremely di- – it would be extremely difficult, yeah. of course – but not entirely impossible. And then there's another other commentator suggests that at that time there was a small gate uh, called a needle, and it was a very, very narrow gate. And when the camels were loaded up with all the goods and that, the camels could, couldn't squeeze through. Yep. They actually had to unload the camels. And this gate was so small they used to pop onto their knees and to get through. That is another um, thought on this. Right. So there's different theories. But whatever it is, they all point to the same lesson. Jesus said it is extremely difficult, if not impossible, for a rich person to enter into his kingdom. In fact, when the disciples then speculate that no one can be saved, Jesus replies, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 19.26. So here we are uh, tonight, Pastor Will. We're talking about the rich. We are the rich. The listeners, I believe, are rich. So it tells us that it is hard for us when we are wealthy and rich, when we don't have dependence every day, where our food's going to come from, how we're going to have a a roof over our head. We've got those things, you know. We've got our transport, um, you know. uh, We've got a stack up of bills, but, you know, we're handling that. So it's telling us here that God can help us through this. I was, I was just thinking, uh, I love what you're sharing, Eric, and I was just thinking uh, as you were uh, sharing is um, just as we shared with that um, article, just, uh, you know, the well watch about the music with the Taliban, mm-hmm. you know, basically destroying all the musical equipment, I, t- I kind of see a, a rel- uh, almost like the a corally, uh, like a connection in some sense, because music, just like money, it's almost like a neutral, it's neither good nor evil, it's what one does with it. Yes. And I think that's why it's important you raise that text in First Timothy, I think, mm. that Paul says, ah, oh, sorry, um, yeah, Paul says to Timothy that it's the love of money. Mm. So it, it's it's not money in and of itself, but as you were sharing, you know, with the rich young ruler, when the money takes its all-consuming thought about getting more money and getting richer, um, God seems to... 
he disapproves of that thinking because they're we're putting our trust in money rather than he says to put our trust in him. Mm. You know, I'm thinking of that Matthew 6 text where Jesus says, you know, to seek first God's kingdom. So, yeah, I was just wanted to just yeah, chime I, in there about... Yeah, and I think along with that too, Pastor Will, it's, it's a, um, how you accumulate your money too through yeah. your business affairs, if you're honest, yeah. uh, in dealing with people, um, selling a dodgy car or whatever, you know there's something wrong <laughs> yeah. with it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it all boils down to thinking of the other person, not thinking yeah. of yourself, and sharing that um, faithfulness to them as well, you know. I, 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 un- yeah. I truly believe that. So, um, you know, Jesus replied that with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So he works in our lives to change our mindset on what we actually see as the most important things in our lives. And uh, that's what we need to have that shift, that paradigm shift, that God is central to that, that God is the one that we walk towards and that we trust in, that he changes our mindset to take us away from the worldly view of money. Right. Because uh, you're more important if you've got money. You know, yeah. the, the rich and the famous, we see them on the screens and, uh, you know, and that's what the world goes by. And Jesus turns that upside down. He said it's better to actually be last than first. Yeah. And uh, to our thinking, way of thinking, we're in a world of get, get, get and and accumulate more. So how is the right way to handle the money? That's the question. All right. So Mark twelve forty one to 44, I'd like to bring these texts up tonight. It says now, Jesus sat opposite to the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have been given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Yeah. So the widow with two mites has given us one of the most meaningful short stories in the whole of the Bible. Yeah. It was, it was during the last week of Jesus' life on earth, this poor woman entered the court of the woman in the temple of Jerusalem and cast into the chest there two mites, hardly enough to buy a loaf of bread. The mite was the smallest coin in circulation in Pakistan at that time. Two mites made a quandron, the smallest Roman copper coin. It was just a few cents. And if you look at the temple, the interior of the of Jerusalem's temple, and we find here that in the front of the temple there is a beautiful gate, there's different gates, but there's also the woman's gates where the woman used to enter by these gates, and right. it's the court of the woman, the outer court. And here uh, was where these uh, offerings were put. It actually wasn't um, in the in the treasury, it was out here, and the men would come out of the temple, and they would walk through through the woman's court, and they would put their offerings in. And Jesus happened to be sitting in the court of the woman, just watching wow. them as they came to put their um, their money in, which is very very interesting to me. And Luke tells us that in praising her generosity, Jesus said in Luke twenty one to three to four, he said, And she said of a truth I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast into the offering of God. But she out of her poverty cast all the living that she had. So streams of visitors were in the holy city through the seven days of the great annual feast of the Jews. And this woman would have passed unnoticed. No one would have noticed her. Here was a woman. Uh, she was a widow. 
Uh, she was poor. But devotions like hers could not escape Jesus' notice. Do you think, Pastor Will, that Jesus was sitting there just seeing how much money? What was he doing there? Was he looking to see, hey, you know, yeah. rubbing his hands together, saying, well, I wonder who's putting in what they are. Does that earn them more yeah. by putting in more? Do you think Jesus was sitting there counting and watching to see, oh, I've got to make sure that, you know, Pastor Will's put in his <laughs> ties today. Yep. Was he doing that? Why was he there? Why was he sitting at this court? Because this is a great lesson for us and a very important lesson. In this, uh, the court of the woman, here was this woman, poor in rags, and here she is putting in all that she had. She was offering it, and this is her devotion. Yep. This is her love for Christ. So what it's saying here is that in perspective for money, put the love of Christ first. And you will help others. Yeah. You will, you know, stop and see a need and you will do it because it's a heartfelt need. That's where our money should be locked up in our hearts that we will do that and respond. And so her sacrifice appealed to him and he preserved her story to the safekeeping of his praise. Both Mark and Luke are very, very interesting. The cash value of her gift compared to the gifts of the wealthy were hardly enough to notice but the devotion of it was another matter that devotion beginning there and spreading throughout the world that's built hospitals today it's helped the needy it's fed the hungry it's encouraged the imprisoned today the world knows more about this poor widow than about the richest man in Jerusalem in her day what a glorious thing what an honour and important to note here that she didn't give it with any fanfare she simply gave it out of her heart. So in finishing this little segment here, it says in Matthew 6, 2, when you give to the needy people, it says in Matthew 6, 2, do not announce it by having trumpets blowing. Do not be like those who pretend to be holy. They announce what they want to do in the synagogues and on the streets. They'll be honored by others. What I'm about to tell you is true. They have received their complete reward. So do it out of the kindness of your heart. Praise God. Hey, th- thank you for sharing, because uh, in this little section, um, Eric, you've really packed a lot of scripture and stories, rich young ruler, the woman with the widow's might, um, Jesus' perspective. So in this short presentation, just in this last 10, 20 or so minutes, you've really given us a good biblical um, concept of, of money. And so I hope that for our listeners out there that you're enjoying um um, Eric's um, uh, unpacking this topic. and But hey, we're going to go to a break in just a couple of minutes. But hey, you, our loyal listeners, we would love to hear from you. And uh, we'd love to think what you think on the topic about money. What are your thoughts on money as it pertains to the Christian journey? We'd love to hear from you. Um, but so here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump to our break. We're going to promote the book offer one more time. And so if you missed our book offer at the top of the show, we're going to promote it one more time. Here it is. The Giving Equation is the title of the book, and it is Working Out Your Relationship with God and Money by author Ken Long. The Giving Equation provides a fresh way of thinking about stewardship, explaining two different mindsets towards our personal finances, the G economy and the me economy. So if you like what we're sharing tonight and for the rest of our week, our team is going to be unpacking this concept of money, please text the code. SA129 to our number here in the studio, 04888-80811. One more time, the code is SA129. Text the code here to 04888-80811. 
8081 and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. Also, just want to shout out Alan, who's uh, uh, texting for the book offer today. Alan, we want to thank you for uh, listening in and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So thanks for listening in today, Alan. And so please don't go away. We'll go to some music. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Needless pain we bear All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer Can we find a friend so faithful Who will all our sorrows share Jesus knows our every weakness Take it to the Lord in Heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. He'll take and shield you You will find a solace there What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Everything to God in prayer Everything to God in What a friend we have in Jesus by Chris Rice, an oldie but a goodie. Thank you for tuning in, our lovely listeners out there in Radio Land. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. It's Eric and Will here in the studio today, live from South Australia. Hey, just in the break, I just want to shout out as well, Ben, who has uh, texted in for the book offer. Ben, thank you for listening today, Ben. We'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. And we also have a lovely message from Suzanne. I believe you know who Suzanne is, Eric. <laughs> and she has, she says, great program, Eric and Will. So thank you, Suzanne. And, um, we love having you tuning in, uh, to the studio. And, um, Eric's having a good smile. So Eric, you know this listener, don't you, Suzanne? 
Just. Yeah. Just. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Suzanne, and we appreciate your text message. Great to hear that you're uh, tuning in, listening to our show today. So, Eric, we've got a few minutes to go. Uh, we're on the tail end of our program. We're talking about money, and just before the break, you really just took us through a bit of a journey, unpacking various texts and stories in the Bible. So, um, what is it? So I guess what I'm from where I'm sitting on the other side of the desk here. So a couple of things that I'm thinking about, Eric. Um, it's the love of money is the root of evil. It's not money in and of itself. Um, it seems to me it's our whether we're consumed by money is really the kind of question. And then you shared the rich young ruler. And then just before the break, you talked about the the widows um, who gave in that that might and how Jesus observed her. And it seems to me that it wasn't the amount that she gave, but it was she gave with all her heart, all her heart. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how a story like that, I mean, think about it, and I'll pass the time to you in just a tick, Mm -hmm. to think that this lady had no idea that Jesus was watching her that day. Mm -hmm. She was just going about her business. She didn't like, I love the the word you used before the break, no fanfare. It wasn't about anybody looking. She just gave and here is Jesus, the Son of God, is looking directly at her, and uh, and her story is being told throughout Christianity. And I think, what a beautiful thing for this lady, you know, to think that if we meet this lady in heaven, that she has no idea the impact of her story. And that's a big thing, isn't it, Pastor Bill, that... She wouldn't have known what Jesus yeah. had written about her. I don't think he, she even saw him probably. And yeah, she did exactly. it. And she did it not to gain uh, any advantage uh, to be in the kingdom. She did it because it was, as you say, from the heart that it was part yeah. of her to give. And the real question we've got to ask tonight, Pastor Will, when we look at um, money and treasure and what we have, um, where is the greatest value in our lives? Is it the money that we possess or was yeah. it, it the, our relationship with God? And I think Matthew thirteen forty four, uh, actually to 46, talks about that. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy he went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So when we find Christ, we give everything in our life to Christ. And I think that's really important that uh, there is a a change that takes place. But we must look at 1 Timothy 6 and 6 to 10 where it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. I I love that, those thoughts. But godliness with contentment. So what we're talking about in, in our lives is being content with what we have. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that, that changes our personalities when we want something. We, some people get quite violent about it. Some people get really upset about it because they're not content. We're not content with what we have. We want more and more and more. But here it says godliness we have with contentment, with peace that Christ gives us. And then it says, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. I've seen on, um, uh, a couple of pictures sometimes around Pastor Will of two graves side by side. I don't know if you've seen it, where it's not the fanfare of the funeral, just two graves when they're left alone, freshly dug graves. Yeah. And one is of a poor man and one is of a rich man, and they look identical. You can't wow. tell which is which. Exactly. Yeah. So we come into the world with nothing. We go out with nothing. Jesus sees us all the same. I think that's absolutely beautiful. But if we have food and clothing, it says they're be content with that. Those who want to get richer 
fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, it says, is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Yep. So what it's saying here is that when we're content in the life that we have, that uh, Christ is leading and guiding us, we don't need anything else. Yeah. We don't need that uh, flash car or that new house and all this and that around. If we are content with what God provides us, because we're only temporarily here, and what we have really is given to us by Christ. And it's saying here that, like this woman who was content, but she didn't want any more, she gave because she saw a need. And I think that's the whole basis of, of, of laying it out for this week, Pastor Matt, is that the love of money can destroy us. It says here it can even take us away from yeah. the faith. And uh, we want more and more. I know, Pastor, well, when I um, decided to be a Christian and gave up my work so I could keep the Sabbath, and I got triple time on that time, God provided. I don't wow. know how we got through Amen. it. We had young children, wow. and uh, God called us to step out in faith. And I, uh, and when I look back, I felt the closest I've ever been to Christ in my life wow. was through those times because you could see the providence of God's hand working in our heart. And that's what he's telling us to do is when you see what God is, is leading and directing you to, to do, when you step out into that, he never, ever lets you down. He is there with you and he provides for you. So when it comes to money, don't be concerned about the money. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think that work is given to us so that uh, it keeps us occupied and we need to work. I yep. think that's really important. But it's saying that, you know, make sure you have your family uh, your relationship with your family there. Yep. Um, make sure you put God first. I've always said put God first, family second in my opinion, yep. and myself last. And I think that all falls in then. Yeah. It all falls in together. Oh, I was just thinking, Eric, you know, as you, you quoted that text, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain. I think as well when we talk about riches, although we're talking about, you know, monetary riches tonight in the mm. week, but you know, we are rich in other areas of our lives. We're rich in relationships, rich in, we're rich in health. Yeah. And uh, the first thing I thought of was, was my wife and my three-year-old. Mm. You know, when I really think about life, it revolves around those, those two individuals, my, my lovely wife and my daughter. And it just, uh, it just kind of reaffirmed to me that I'm a happy man as I sit in the studio, not because I'm rich or not because we got, you know, it's because of the people in my life and my faith. You know, I, I serve an awesome God and God has given me a privilege of serving, uh, in this church in, in this, in, in Adelaide. So when I look at it, my life, I, I look, I think I'm one of the richest men alive in that sense, you know? So it's, mm. I, I guess in some ways it's, it's a perspective, you know? Mm. So, I think that's true, Pastor, because what happens is when you, when you change from the, the worldly view, when you yeah. accept Jesus, you move from your desires and your thoughts to others. And so you're, you're more involved with your family, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And that is, that is, I believe, is some of the treasures of heaven, that we have the treasures of heaven yeah. here on earth now. And that involves, um, you know, your friends and family. But there is a, a, a mind shift from the worries of, um, of gaining and, and getting on, but just being content and being at peace. And, uh, those treasures replace 
the things that uh, you give up. I, I remember yeah. some of my friends coming up to me when um, I stopped spending money on alcohol and uh, and gambling and that, and they came up to me and said, "Look, Eric, you're not fun no more." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. We want uh, the older. We want the old Eric. Yeah. You know, putting in some money towards this and that, and I found that um, they're wrong yeah. because the treasures that have replaced those are the true ones that last forever. Sure. Because what we're talking about with money is that it burns up. You can't take it with you. It's yeah. it's not there. So those treasures you're talking about, the changes in your life, are the most important things while we're alive, while we breathe. And they're the important things. And Jesus was telling us right throughout Scripture that that he provides for us, you know, the sparrow. He, he sparrow doesn't have to worry, and the yeah. sparrow doesn't, you know. Uh, and so... But it it takes a lot of faith sometimes to move from that worldview. It took me quite a while to give up triple time on a Saturday to yeah. go back to to uh, giving that away it, to have faith and love in Christ that He would provide. Yeah. But He does provide, and Amen. you and I and the listeners know that because we're all travelling together. Yeah. Uh, are going in the same direction, you know. Yeah. Mm. So, I guess we are, we've got a couple of minutes to go, Eric. Yeah. Um, you know. For our listeners out there, and um, I think we all wrestle with money and and how we, um, I guess, how we handle our money, and uh, we we're not immune to this um, conversation tonight and the rest of the week. And so, for our listeners out there, we really want to encourage you to grab a hold of our free book offer, um, engage with our listeners, our our team for this week, because we're going to be unpacking this um, conversation for the rest of the week. Um, just to give you a bit of a heads up, uh, tomorrow we've got Marty and Ricardo. They're looking at um, this uh, topic of could ancient financial principles help us? And I think you probably touched on a little bit of it tonight, Eric, but I think they're going to go a bit deeper there. we got Gary and David. They're going to be looking at uh, does the Bible have anything to say about the wealth of churches? Interesting mm. topic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um and then towards the end of the week, we got Fabiano and Q. Um, they're going to be looking at doesn't doesn't Christianity promise prosperity? And uh, that's probably a um, misunderstood hmm. concept about um, finance and the Christian. You know, if I give A, B, and C, it does do I am I going to expect a return on that? You know, from God. And so, so please tune in for Thursday as um, Hugh and Fabiano unpack that question. And lastly, on Friday we got um, Gary and Tracy there, and we look at the question: What does the Bible say about giving and generosity? So that's kind of where we're headed for our team this week, um, Eric. And um, you know, I think for me, just a personal experience coming back to this whole idea of being rich. You know, as I shared with you before we went on air today, um, Eric, I just got back from New Zealand. I was there for a week doing some youth revival meetings for the Tong in uh, Auckland Adventist Church there. And man, you know, can I tell you, Eric, it's um, the way that those church members just looked after me and my wife and my three-year-old. I mean, they had food coming around our house every day. They had a roster for who was taking, you know, bringing food over. And every night of the, the week, because it was basically every evening, Every night they they called it. I should have took some pictures there. They called it light refreshments, but man, it was basically a feast every night. And then uh, to cap it off on Sabbath, I mean, it was the biggest lunch I'd, I'd seen in the last time. You put on some weight. Pack. Yeah, I think I have. You know, this this jumper here is um, covering quite a bit, Eric. <laughs> but but the the thing I was trying to say is, um, you know, they they were rich in terms of their love for 
for us. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't just for me. It was just anyone that they have come over. They just share that same love. And, and that was, I guess that's the richness that, that I'd like to maybe highlight tonight is, you know, money is one way of defining prosperity and, and being rich and kind of getting, you know, using money to, you know, advance yourself with your family, etc. But, you know, I think when it comes to Christianity, when we give, that's a certain, it's a certain, um, currency, if I could use that word. We, the way we, the way we serve and the way we treat people, it's, uh, it's almost like a, an economy in and of itself. And I'm just saying that, man, we were so blessed to come back. And, you know, it was just an awesome experience just be there just for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Eric, as we kind of wrap up, just probably got a minute to go, what, what would you say as we close the show? Someone out there, there's someone listening tonight and just hearing what you're saying, but, you know, what would you say to them who still feel like money's got a bit of a grip on them or they know they shouldn't be focusing on money, but they kind of do, they kind of, what would you say to that person that's kind of, may I suggest, maybe putting a, a bit, bit of, bit too much emphasis on, on getting money and thinking that money is going to cure all of their woes and their problems and their challenges. Could you speak to that person that be listening perhaps from a, from a Christian perspective, what we say to that person as we close out our program today? Yes, um, if if anybody out there is struggling with uh, the uh, the love of money, that money they feel is a big part of their lives and um, a bit out of control, and they worry about it all the time, and it seems to taken up a lot of your thoughts. All I would say to you is is just and pray about it more, and really, really. Uh, you know, read the scriptures, see what it says about trusting him yeah. and look and see what Jesus says about taking those burdens from your shoulders. I think that's the important part because yeah. when you start to work, go down that journey, it will happen. You will feel the burden lifted from you and you will find that as you walk further and deeper into it, then maybe even without realizing, you'll suddenly realize, hey, this burden of money that I've got on my mind is just um, just fading from me. Some of the happiest people I've met in, in this world, Pastor Will, is uh, when I've gone to the Philippines and people, as people with no money uh, seem to be the most happiest, you know. Yeah. But I'm saying to the to any listeners tonight is that uh, money is not the all and end all. That Jesus Christ will will um, change your life. Amen. Uh, he will lead you and he will reward you with more treasures than you've ever thought of, but these treasures will be in your heart and your mind and your heart. You'll have peace and contentment, and you'll be free from that burden. Amen, amen. Way to close out the show today. Thank you so much, Eric, for sharing with our listeners today. It's been a privilege um, being in the studio with you tonight. And so, guys, fellow, uh, to our listeners out there, our time's up for today. Please join our hosts, Gary and Marty, as they look at the question tomorrow, could ancient financial principles help us today? So until then, we want to leave you with the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you and we hope to see you next time.